4, 15. The word, right? Right. The word. What do you mean? Because they talk about the, the sower. No. Then you ain't in one. Mark 4. I know. And they call oh. 15. <laughs> Now that's funny. I don't care what nobody said. That's funny. You know, if you can't laugh at yourself, you probably can't laugh. Matthew. They both started with an M. So. Matthew 4. Verse 15. Go ahead and laugh. Laugh at my expense. Because I'm going to. Ha, 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 ha. Ah ha 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 ha! Rose, your glass will be done today when you call me. Hallelujah! That little old woman has blessed me so many times. Yes. Hallelujah! Amen. We're with you, baby, now. Now, where are we at? Matthew four fifteen. Matthew four fifteen. Thank you. It always helps we're on the same page. <laughs> the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light to them that sat in the region of the shadow of death, light is sprung up. From the time that Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Catch those words. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net. Say, casting a net. Casting a net. Into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. Say with me, mending their nets. Mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately left the ship. They immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of disease, sickness and disease among the people. Now in this verse, we see the ministry of Jesus. He went about Preaching, teaching, and healing. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom. 
and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling. And what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe? According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places, and ask that you grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for others this morning. Yes, I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father yes. to us, your people, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Now, it wasn't a strange thing for Jesus to say these words to Simon, Peter, and Andrew. But they couldn't imagine just what he was saying. You know, God will, God will speak things to your heart. And he'll tell you things. But it's a good chance you won't know exactly what he's, what he's telling you. Because it's bigger than what we are right now that he wants us to reveal to us. So when he says these words to Simon and Andrew, he says, I'll make you fishers of men. All they could see is they had been fishing all their life. They knew how to cast a net. They knew how to pull it in. They knew how to gather fish. And Jesus says something to them. He says, you follow me and I'll make you, make you fishers of men. I'll teach you to catch men. There's a concept that's there that has to be revealed to us that we catch. Simon and Andrew had to catch it. James and John were also fishermen. When Jesus came to Simon and Andrew, Simon and Andrew, they were casting their net. When he came to James and John, they were mending their net. Both of it had to do with nets. But we get just a little teeny bit more insight that was there with James and John of another dynamics that's at work. Their daddy was in the boat with them. Zebedee was their father. And he says, follow me. And when he said, follow me, they immediately done something. There was a response of faith. Not knowing where they were going, what they would be doing. A lot of times we want all of the specifics. 
in our day and hour in which we live, we're told you need to gather all of that information and then don't make no decision until you've got all of the facts. Once you've got all of the facts, then go and make your decision. There's nothing wrong with having good counsel. There's no, nothing wrong with making good decisions and evaluating. But I want to present something else to us this morning that may take the whole scales and make the thing go tilt. Because this is what just happened to these four boys, these four men. It was a word from Jesus. And Jesus said, come follow me. Now, a lot of times people will be very cautious when it comes to following Jesus. Because, for one, I don't know if I want to walk where he's walking. I don't know if I want to go where he's going. And some of the things I've got attached to me, I want to stay. And if I know if I walk with him, I'm going to have to turn him loose. This can be people. This can be mindsets. It can be a lot of different things. But Jesus stopped right there with those fellows and said, follow me. And then they had a choice. They could either stay where they were at or step out and follow him. Now here's the picture that I get with Simon and Andrew. Here they are. They've cast their net out. <coughs> They're starting to pull it in. Jesus sees them do this. They may do it time after time because their intention is every time that they throw the net out and every time that they pull it in, they're going to have a few fish. And they're fishermen, and this is the way that they make their livelihood. And Jesus says, follow me. Wait just a little bit. Let me get my net cleaned up. Let me get my catch and all here. And then I'll follow you. No. He says, follow me. Don't put anything ahead of God. James and John were in the boat. Has anybody ever seen anybody being there? Got a couple in here. Three, four. A few. It's not really something that we do much in our out here in the farmland, but if you've got people that's on the water, it's a must that they keep their nets mended. Because if you don't keep your net mended, when it's got holes in it, you lose part of your catch. But it's a fascinating thing to watch somebody who knows how to mend net. I mean absolutely fascinating. You get your net, because I when I was a teenager, I worked with a fellow and we would go out shrimping. And sometimes you would catch, get caught on a snag somewhere and rip a hole in your net. And if you ripped a hole in your net, part of your catch would go through the hole. 
And I would see Charles, he would take, he would take that net and he would take his pocket knife out and he would start cutting pieces, places in the net. We say, well, what in the world is he cutting out when he ought to be putting back? He cut out stuff that didn't need to be there so that he could put the right knots in the right place and have them attached to the right thing. And you'll find that a lot of times in your life. And God will be calling us to a higher place. Because He's always doing one of two things. He's always calling us further in. And He's always calling us further up. As long as we stay in this room, we'll peck with the chickens. Do you know He wants you to soar with the eagles? Let your viewpoint change a little bit. Allow the Word of God not only to challenge you, but allow the Word of God to propel you to and encourage you. Say, I've got to get where He's at. I've got to get to Jesus. And every time that you take a step toward Jesus, He's always going to be raising you up. And what will happen, you'll find those things that were hindering and holding you back, they will be left back here through making a decision to step out and step up. They will automatically be behind you, but you will have to make a decision to leave those things. So, here would be Charles, and he's got this net in his hand. I, I see it. It's hanging there, but he's got his pocket knife out and he's cutting these places out. And nets are made a certain way. And they have to be tied a certain way. And the knots have to be attached a certain way. And every one of these cuts that he made was important. And every one was strategic. And God's got some strategic cuts that He's doing on us to cut things out that will leave us torn and tattered and ripped and hurt. He's endeavoring to mend something to put it back together the right way. Now, that's just a lesson in knit men. But you know what? They were called to a higher place than just mending their knit. Because sometimes we can just get stuck in the repair business on our own self. Because we are so high maintenance that it takes all of my energy just to fix me. You ever been there? Do you live there? It takes every bit of my energy just to keep me mended. And God says, through Jesus, He says, James and John, follow me. What did they do? They left their daddy mending the nets. And they left and followed Jesus. 
Because following Jesus will lift us up to a higher place of stepping out farther in Him and stepping up into Him. And there's things that He wants to do and there's things that He can't do unless we work in cooperation with Him. A lot of times we think that, you know, God's just God. He can do whatever He wants to do. No, He can't. It's not that He doesn't have the power. But He's not going to overrule your will. Amen. We've got to will to do His will. And this is a picture of what Simon and Andrew did. And it's a picture of what James and John did. When Jesus said... Come follow me. They didn't say, Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm if that's the right move for me. Their hearts were in tune and they just they just dropped what they were doing. The net wasn't important anymore. Anymore. The mending wasn't important anymore. Let me say, let me say something to us about the mending part. As we step out in the things of God, and we've been so high maintenance that it's took all of our energies just to fix me or to keep me going, as we step out in Him, you will find out that He will start fixing your neck for you. Amen. He'll start giving you the insight for fixing the neck. And not only that, he may bring somebody across your path to help you fix the net. Mm -hmm. The net mending kept on going. But they weren't the ones doing it. Who did it? Zebedee and the hired service. If you read it in another, another uh, one of the gospels, it said, Zebedee and the hired hands or the hired service was there left mending the net. Is the net mending important? Absolutely. Is it necessary? Absolutely. But they weren't called just to mend nets. They were called to be fishers of men. Can you envision yourself or see yourself as a fisher of men? Now, when I was a teenager, my daddy bought a haul net and the skiff that the haul net haul goes in. Now I say that, anybody in here know what a haul net is? Yes. Every net is not the same. Every type of net is not the same. In a haul net, they take one boat and put here, another boat and put here, and they take and I anchor one end of the net and they start unloading the net out of the skiff and they go around an area where they think the fish is and they, they keep hauling it in and as the net crosses, sort of like so, it keeps, as they pull it and gather it up, it keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until they've got it to a certain point and when they call they call that area where it gets small the bump they call bumping it up bumping it up making it smaller and as they get it smaller then they're able to 
recover the catch of fish that they had just gathered up. And it's beautiful to see it all come to pass, how it works. Now Jesus says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Do you know the devil's got one concept when it comes to fishing and God's got another concept when it comes to fishing? I'm not telling you this is the only way that there is, but it's the way that I see it this morning. There's, there is a net that has been set out here in this world. And that net has been set to capture us. And that net has been set to destroy us. Because the enemy comes to, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And when it's, everything is big like this, it doesn't look like there's no problems. But as things get tighter and tighter and tighter, and things keep pulling on us, you'll, what will happen, you'll see a fear start to set in. I'm running out of time. This is not working like I'm like it's supposed to be working. And a fear is set in. And he's going to keep pulling us because there's things that he wants to steal from us. Mm -hmm. But that's not his goal. His goal is not to, just to steal from me. His goal is to kill you. But his goal is not just to kill you. His goal is to destroy you. That he time totally wipes you out. No existence whatsoever. See, a lot of people think that things have got so bad, I'll just kill myself and get out of this picture. Well, that's one way out. But it ain't no way out. Because it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. He's after to destroy you. He would love to see you burn in hell with him for the rest of your eternal life. Your existence. But a lot of times he'll get us to believe the lie. Ah, just get them to Take yourself out. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I come that you might have life. Now, Jesus says to these men, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. I will equip you with what it takes to be fishers of men. Now, here's one of the things that I see in God's program. Anybody ever heard of this concept, catch and release? What's it mean? Catch and throw it back. Catch and throw it back. Do you know God's got a bigger, bigger idea when it comes to catch and release than just what we think that it does? See, when God catches men or catches women, he catches people. There's something that he wants to do. He wants to duplicate himself in us. He wants to put himself in us. Amen. 
He wants us, he wants to gather us into the kingdom of God because if he knows that he can get us into the kingdom of God and get the kingdom of God in us and operating, Satan don't have a chance. Did you know that God's got that in mind for you when he catches you? Not only does he want to take us out of the grips of the enemy, but he wants to open unto us the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Lord. He wants us to know how it operates. Now, it's amazing that we can be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and not even know what we have. I, I give you examples. When I was growing up, my dad was just a middle class man, worked every day, worked two jobs, made sure we were taken care of. We always had plenty of food to eat, roof over our head, clothes on our back. We never did without. If I went hungry, it's because I chose to go hungry. It wasn't because I had to go hungry. I never know what, I, I've never known what that was like. My heart goes out to somebody that has but I never did. But I never thought that I was raised that good. But when I look back to all of the sacrifices that I didn't think my daddy was doing at the time, but he was doing, I see that I was raised mighty good and mighty blessed. There's a lot of things I never had to deal with. See, I don't know what it's like to come home in the house where somebody's shooting up dope. I don't know what it's like to be raised in a house where somebody comes in drunk. I don't know. I've never been around it. And you want me to tell you what else? I don't want to live it. I don't want to live around it. Amen. I want to see people that's in that type of lifestyle deliver. Yes, amen. But I don't want to live that lifestyle. It ain't my lifestyle. Amen. See, the kingdom of God is bigger. But he wants us to use us as fishers of men. <coughs> but so many times we get our minds on the concept of, I've just got, all of my mind is on just fishing for me. Mending my own net. And Jesus was calling these fellows to something that was higher than just themselves. God is calling us higher today than just our focus being on ourselves. Now, I'm going to tell you this. You're important. Amen. You are important. And number one is, is important. But I want to tell you this also. God's got number one. See, at the same time that he was calling Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John, he was doing something because he was calling them closer to him and farther up. And every step that they took and everything that they witnessed and saw, it separated them that much more from where they were at to where he wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. 
And so many times, brothers and sisters, we're so focused on right where I'm at that I'm never looking at where God wants to take me, what He can do in me. I'm just looking at me right now. And I've, I've got this whole thing figured out. Boy, that's an understatement. Mm -hmm. I've got this whole thing. How much have we got figured out? Now, that's funny. And God calling us to come. Now, first step in coming is recognizing who Jesus is and then being willing to drop what we're doing and to follow him. I'm going to throw a, a curveball at us for just a second. He says, anybody that doesn't hate father and mother, brother and sister, anything else, they ain't worthy for following me. Boy, that's, that's heavy words right there. And we think that God just wants us to be in the hate business. Hate my mama. Hate my daddy. Hate my brother. Hate my sister. And we would say, I can't do that. But we've got to We've got it twisted. We're not catching what he says. But he is saying this. Don't let mom and don't let dad and don't let your brother and your sister be between me and you. I don't care who it is. Don't let no human being be between me and you. Don't let no goal, no dream, no nothing be between me and you. Because if they are, that's the very thing that's separating me from you. And I'm asking you to do something. I'm giving you a command. He says, come follow me. And God's always, and I, I shared this with somebody not long ago, that had, that had said this. He said, I ain't been going to church in a long time. But I know I need to go to church. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they said, you know, I, I should at least give God an hour. And I looked at him and I said, he will want more. Yeah. He will take the hour. He will accept the hour. But the hour is not what he's after. Yeah. He wants more. You know what the more that he wants? He wants me. Amen. He don't want my hour. He wants me. When he's got me, he's got my hour. Right. When he doesn't have me, he doesn't have my hour. He doesn't have my relationships. He doesn't have my job. He doesn't have my family. I want him to have my family. Amen. If I want him to have my family, I can't put my family ahead of him. 
Is my family important? Absolutely. But Sandy and I remind ourselves of this quite often. And we tell each other, there ain't no telling how many times a day that I tell her that I love her. Some people never hear these words. It's a crying shame. We need to, everybody needs to hear these words. And we need to hear these words from God. And they need to be affirmed from God that, that we know that He loves us. But I tell her multiple times during the day, I love you. And then I try to show her that I love you so that they're not just words, but they're affirmed. But I also tell her, and she'll tell me, because we're very upfront about this. And I'm not intimidated by the, in the least. She says, but I love God more than I love you. Mm -hmm. And I tell her, I love God more than I love you. Amen. But has she got my love? Yes, she does. But she ain't got God's love. Amen. If you catch what I'm saying. Because I don't put her ahead of God. God is not to have anybody in front of Him. Amen. Nothing to separate us from Him. And He's calling us. He's calling us. He said, will you follow me? You know what they did? They dropped their job. The other ones, will you follow me? They dropped their responsibility. Were they just being sorry? Now, anybody know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Sorry, I'm not having saying really being having remorse. I'm saying being no count. They weren't being no count because they were getting ready to learn to do something, another vocation, if you want to call it that, that came with catching men. And this is where this concept right here that I want us to catch today of catch and release. See, because there's a big net that's set out here to take us into eternal judgment and away from God. The Bible calls it this a broad way that leads to destruction, but there's a narrow way that leads to eternal life. Jesus said, and few there be that find it. Many are they that find the other road, but few there be that find this road. Now, if this is a hard road to find for a lot of people, why is it so hard? Is it because God's just hiding himself and he doesn't want us to see? I want to challenge your thought. Absolutely not. But there's something that happens with this big net. The God of this world has blinded their eyes so that they can't see. We are here, brothers and sisters, and we've got a ministry that Jesus had himself. The ministry is this. Jesus went about preaching. Jesus went about teaching. And Jesus went about healing. And these signs shall follow them that believe. 
in my name, in my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, we'll be the ones that's proclaiming the kingdom of God. And some will say right here, I ain't called to preach. Let me say this. <clears throat> there may be more people looking at you than you think that's looking at you. Amen. So you may be preaching a bigger sermon than you think that you're preaching. Amen. Now, in our preaching, are we leading somebody to Jesus or leading them away from Jesus? Jesus is all love is always compelling us to come further in and come further up. Amen. And what will happen, there'll be things that you will find out <coughs> that will be stripped off of you. There'll be things that you have to lay down. There'll be things that you have to turn loose of every step of your way of following God. Because he's, you say, well, thank God I've gotten this far. And he'll say, yeah, but I want you to come forward. I want you to come up. I want to make something out of you. You can't make yourself a fisher of men, but you can learn to be a fisher of men. Amen. And it's not by some natural concept. Now, here's what I want to leave us with. When it comes to catch and release, a lot of times they use this here concept in sport fishing. Somebody will go out bass fishing, and they'll catch this big bass, and they're after a trophy fish so that they can win a contest, a tournament. So they catch that fish, but they have to keep that fish alive. Because their goal is not just to catch the fish, but to catch the fish, get the reward, and turn the fish loose. God wants to catch the fish. But not only does God wants to catch the fish, but why he's got the fish caught, he wants to do something in the fish. He wants to transform the fish and make this fish into something, put something in them that they never had before. He wants to duplicate, and there's, I just heard a message on this, and it blessed me. And you may be hearing more of it. God in Jesus came to duplicate himself. So as Jesus was calling Peter and Andrew, James and John, and others, <clears throat> there was something that he wanted to do. He wanted to reproduce himself in them. The Father wanted them to become like him. I will make you fishers of men. I want you to be. Can you envision this? I want you to start a concept this morning. That you're going to look like Jesus when you walk around. Can you see yourself doing that? That's a pretty heavy bill. Pretty big ticket to fill. Look like Jesus. Act like Jesus. I'm not talking about just in your hair and in your clothes. I'm talking about in your heart and the way that we act and the words that come out of our mouth. Can you see yourself? Can you, will you allow yourself to dream? 
to change the vision, your mindset, your thinking. Oh, there's no way I could ever be like Jesus. If you're born again, His nature is in you. Can you allow yourself to be able to dream? See yourself more than just where I'm at right now. But Jesus is saying something to us this morning. And I want us to make a commitment here in this house today. And the commitment is this. Jesus says... Come, follow me. Amen. Now, I want to I say this to us because I want you to mix some faith with what I'm asking this morning. When I say, come, follow me, will you stay where you're at or will you get up and come. See, I can't make you come. I can make me come. And Jesus is saying something today to today. Come follow me. So I'm going to start this ball rolling. Y'all do with the ball what you want. But I'm going to start the ball rolling this morning. Jesus is saying, come follow me. Have I got any followers? said these words. Come, follow me. Now you had to be sold out to do that. Come, follow me. Thank you. 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 Thank you.